to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good afternoon and welcome into the podcast. I'm Jay. Today is March the 15th. Today is a Tuesday. And I saw something this morning I want to share with you uh, very quickly. Um, Twelve Ukrainian firefighters have died in the line of duty. Now, I'm, uh, I'm thinking that this has been over the course of the hostilities. Hopefully it's not been a single day total. But I did see in... And some things that were sent out this morning uh, that 12 firefighters have died. Currently, or at least within the last 36 hours, they have been operating at um, a structure uh, that has been, uh, that a missile or several missiles hit. And they're still out there trying to do their job uh, while uh, they don't know if they are going to be shot or uh, another uh, missile or bomb will be dropped on them. Truly, uh, good representatives of the bravest, trying to do their job to save lives while people are trying to take theirs. Bad situation, and uh, our best goes out to all firefighters everywhere. Um, Doing the job's tough enough, doing it in a war zone, unreal. I, uh, you know... One of the first things I want to talk about today is, is sort of the first rule of firefighting. Um, I heard this in the mid-1980s, and I, I think it's very true. It's very true. The first rule of firefighting is to show up. It, it is. Um, you have to show up to get a job. You have to show up to get accepted onto a department. And then after that... You have to show up. It's not just about putting in an appearance. It's about showing up every day ready to do the job. Every day. Not 90%, not 80%, not 70%. 100%. The rule of firefighting, first rule, is you have to show up. You can't get better by not showing up. You can't get better by not following the rules. You can't get better by being absent. And showing up again is not just putting in an appearance. It's showing up mentally, physically, being ready. Some people, I think, have a misunderstanding of what firefighting is. They believe the only thing that matters is once you get to a scene. And while I will always say, and have always said, the overwhelming, most important thing you can do is be uh, competent and above average on a scene, there are other things that are also important. Showing up to work, doing your daily duties, doing duties as assigned, um, Learning to get along with people. Trying uh, your very best to learn something new every day or reinforce things that you need to know every day. 
There are also the little projects that happen. I know I've heard from people who, who say, you know, we just have too many, too many projects, and, and that can be the case. I was with a captain one time who believed that it was his, uh, it was a declaration from on high that every day he had to rebuild something. And he didn't last in the battalion that I was in because that's, you just have too many calls. There, there's, there was just too much going on. And once you tore something down, typically we wouldn't get it rebuilt. <clears throat> I saw the same thing in another department where, uh, not where I was, but in a, another battalion or district where, uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me, there was a guy who, same thing. And they would be late getting on the, uh, getting him route on a call because they were too busy doing projects. Projects are nice. They're not that important. Because ultimately, you serve the public. And the public expects you to show up every time, on time. And frankly, they don't care about anything else. There are very few citizens, very few who understand the fire service. They want a fire truck. When that fire truck shows up, they've been serviced. That's how they look at it. If it doesn't, there's a problem. If it shows up late, there's a problem. Even when you show up rapidly. Um, one department I was at, we had a two-minute response area. Two minutes. Anywhere in our district. It was very dense and, and compact. Two-minute response time. And I recall one call that we went on. We got the call quickly. We were on the truck and out in about 30 to 45 seconds and on scene in about 30 or 45 seconds. After we knocked the fire down, the people were complaining. They said, it took you five minutes to get here. No, it didn't. They went back and looked at the tapes. It was just as I said. The call came in rapidly, was dispatched rapidly. We were out the door and on the scene. Time changes for people who are under stress. Time changes for people who are watching their lives burn up. Time changes for people who know their loved ones are trapped in a car or suffering from uh, an MI or, or a stroke. Time is like that. So the perceptions are different. But here's the thing. If you turn out, if you get on scene, if you do your best, you're always covered. doesn't mean that trouble won't come, but when it comes, ultimately... The final determination will be, you know what? Everybody got there. Everyone did their job. That's what matters. It is. You got to show up. So you show up to the station, then you show up to calls, and one day, if all things go well, you show up to a retirement, and you're able to go off and enjoy your life in, in that next stage. But the key is showing up. And again, some people show up 90% of the time and it's not good enough. Just isn't. So, again, first rule, show up. Obviously, after that, know your job, do your job, right? Got to say it every day. I have, uh, over the past week, I've, I've gotten uh, a lot of contact from people um, 
one guy wrote in, <clears throat> and well, I'm going to talk about two, but one guy wrote in, and he said, you know, um, he said, our department's not the best. He said, but we're certainly not the worst. He said, but there are guys who will sit around and all they do is gripe. Um, he said, they bitch and moan all day. Uh, he said, and uh, it gets old. He said, and here's my solution. Just keep doing the job. What do you think? Well, not being in that situation, not you know knowing what everything's going on. I'll say this. Sometimes when people are griping, it's for a very good reason. It is. That happens. The problem is, is that when there's so much griping about things that, that don't matter, that are really small, then the big things get lumped in with the small things and they rarely get fixed. So if there's complaining, make sure it's complaining about something important. Maybe not whether or not you have Maxwell House or Folgers in the morning. Maybe the big things to complain about is lack of training, lack of hands-on skill uh, uh, training, you know, the important things. You know, the, the, uh, the air packs are in disarray. Um, the hose keeps bursting. Uh, the hose is 25 years old. You get the point. Those things, yes. Uh, but again, griping about, you know, well, you know, our TV signal's not that great today. Don't care. It's not what you're there for. And that's one of the things that I think I have the biggest problem with. And I try to keep quiet about it. I really do. It's when, when people are griping about things that, in the grand scheme of things, they don't matter. Sure, everybody wants to get good TV reception. Everybody wants their cable to be have a nice, strong signal. But at the end of the day, it's not punishing your life if that's not the case. It isn't. You're at work. And spare me, please. You know, we only watch 10 hours a day. Yeah, right. Now, I, I know. I remember one time... There's a very respected, he's now a fire chief, and he's really respected. And maybe 15 years ago, I saw him at the FDIC conference. And I asked him, I said, hey, chief, I said, let me ask you a question. I said, when you walk into a fire station, I said, what clues you into whether this is a, a fire department or fire station that's with it? He said, well, you're going to laugh at me. And I said, okay, well, try me. He said, if I walk in and the TV is always on and people are always in front of the TV, he said, I don't listen to anything they have to say when they decide to sit down and gripe. He said, when they bring a problem to me, he said, the first thing I think is, are these some of the people who sit in front of a television all day? He said, because typically they're not the ones who train. They're not the ones who are engaged. He said, and in my opinion, they're not the ones who should be employed. Now, I learned later on that they set a limit on how much television could be watched. And of course, a lot of people got upset. Who are you to deny us? Well, yeah. here's the thing. There are departments that are running enough calls to where... They need downtime. They do. 
and all firefighters deserve their sleep time unless it's interrupted by calls. But there is an important point that has to be reached with regard to how seriously the job is taken. And it's my feeling, and I know it's, it's a growing number of people who believe that there's way too much time spent in the pursuit of relaxation to the point where things just don't get done or they get done, but they get done in a, in a uh, half-ass way or piss-poor manner. Again, I'm not against TV any more than I'm against internet or against anything else. What I'm saying is if you listen to people complain, but during the day they're either in front of the TV or, and we all do it. I do it too. I'm on my phone a lot. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with people who are on their phone. I might give them a hard time, but I really don't. As long as when you're at work, you're there to accomplish a task. That's, that's why you're there. Some people don't know how good they have it. Some people are, are in departments where they're allowed to... They're not given too much grief over what they're doing. What they don't realize is in a lot of departments... Those types of things are not frowned upon. They're pretty much prohibited. And so it blows my mind at the number of people who complain and yet won't lift a finger during the day, during a duty day, to do anything. They just won't. They're constantly complaining and doing nothing to solve it. We don't get enough training. Okay. My first question is, what are you doing on your own? If it's somebody who's actually doing things on their own, fine. I'm all about it. Because places should be training more. Should be educating people. You know, it, it, but it comes down to before anybody can do anything to help you, what are you doing? Are you interested That's a big thing. Are you interested? So, yeah. Um, I get it. Uh, You're asked to do your job. That's all you're asked to do. Do it. I guess that's my thing. Uh, The second one. Here's the second one. Um, (laughs) Our department sucks. It's all because of leadership. Um, Our chiefs are... Uh, always behind the times, and if they have their way, uh, I doubt we'll get out of the 20th century, let alone into the 21st century. That's that's a that's a complaint I've heard before, uh, once or twice. Um, but again, without more specifics, I, I I don't know how to comment on it. You know, what I do know is this: some departments have uh, great command staffs. They do. Uh, everybody likes them. Almost everybody likes them. But uh, that's typically on a TV show. You know, the reality is uh, everybody has their off day. Chiefs, officers, firefighters. The difference is typically when a, when a chief has an off day, it's more widely known. It is, uh, by virtue of the fact that there are fewer chiefs than there are firefighters. 
What I'll say is this. I've seen some bad, some horrible command staffs. I have. Um, I'm sure I'm going to run into more. I think the thing you have to ask yourself is, you know, how much of it is the Chiefs? How much of it is firefighters? Or how much of it is circumstances beyond everyone's control? That also exists. I don't like to listen to, to chief officers who complain about firefighters all the time. Don't. Um, by the same token, I don't want to hear firefighters complaining about chiefs if they don't take the time to try to figure out if what a, a, the chief is doing is, is positive or not. If they've taken the time, put in the time to try to figure out what's going on, and, then yeah, that's fine. But it all goes back to this. Um, if anybody's ever played team sports, typically there's a time in your sports career, however limited it may be, that you don't like your coach or coaches. That's what happens. In the pros, coaches get fired quite a bit. Um, not necessarily just because players don't like them, but because they don't have success. Look at the success of the department. But here's where you start with that. Don't look at the bright lights. Look at the fundamentals. What's your department like on a scene? It's a good department. Fire goes out. Extrication happens. Calls get taken care of. Are the chiefs taking care of firefighters? Ask yourself that. And then be honest about it. And here I'm not just talking about money or benefits. I'm talking about, do they have your interest in mind? Then look at the overall structure. How does it work? If after all that you still think they suck, okay, fair enough. But at least give them the benefit of the doubt to look into each aspect of the fire service or into your department before you claim, yeah, these guys suck. We all think people suck at one point or another, or typically we do. So it's important to kind of hold our expectations until we've done a, a little study on things. And, and then if, if they're not good, well, you can bet they'll be on their way out at some point. And here's what I know. I've seen it too many times. Lots of times the chiefs who feel very confident in their positions... They're typically the last ones to know that they're on their way out. I've seen it, God. I'm, I'm telling you, I've seen it a lot. So just keep that in mind. So I guess it was night before last. It was the evening before last, actually. I'm on the phone with someone who is one of the more senior members in one of the greatest uh, fire apparatus companies in the world. And we're talking ladders um, because uh, I had made a comment um, in another forum uh, about this particular ladder truck and, and how um, I was really impressed with it and how a lot of people were impressed with it. And so I get an email that asks, could I talk on the phone? So we get on the phone and we talk. And it was a great conversation. really was. <clears throat> And so while we're talking, uh, you know, I'm like, well, what kind of questions can I pose? And this is one of the questions that I posed. I said, hey, 
what's one of the weakest areas, in your opinion? When a fire department receives a a new ladder, what's one of the weakest areas from your perspective? This was his response. Fire departments don't train enough. He said, and here's what I mean. He said, we'll we'll send out, you know, somebody gets a brand new ladder truck. And we send somebody down to give them the basic overview. He said, and typically, you know, you get the people out there who they're either, they have to be there or they want to be there. He said, the ones that want to be there are typically the ones who learn the most. He said, this is the way it is. He said, then they receive it. They learn how to, you know, set it up, take it down. He said, and pretty much that's it. He said, it then goes into a station and then they start running calls on it. He said, and unless it's a department that runs a lot of calls, they have no idea what they're doing. He said, and further, typically some of them don't try to train on it any more than what they learn from that or what they've learned from uh, a state class, which piqued my interest because I said, huh. I said, well, you know, I have a theory about sort of the fire academy classes that, that they teach the lowest common denominator and that it's really only basic knowledge. In fact, it takes you from being horrible to just less horrible. Because anything at a minimum or below, ah, not good. It just isn't. It's good that you have a minimum standard, but a lot of places, that's all they want to teach to is the minimum standard. Well, my guys, are, my guys have, have a piece of paper. Good. Ball it up, set it on fire, and that's what it's worth. And I won't say exactly what his response was, but suffice it to say that um, he's seen a lot. And there was agreement that uh, too much emphasis is placed on, on these sorts of things. When in reality... The teaching should be, you know what, let's teach with tips. What's that mean? Well, how do you teach truck work without any experience? If you're the go-to ladder company guy on your department, you know, let's say you are, and you have no experience on a ladder, how are you teaching people? Now, understand. I'm not knocking people who are newly getting into it. That's what we need. But if all you know is what was in a, in a, in a little book that was you know copied on a printer and handed out, my friend, you don't know. You don't. Some people go above and beyond. I have met people who are absolutely gifted at truck company operations. I have met young guys, not many, but I have met some who are absolutely gifted at it. But almost to a person, they're the type of people who have the fire service in their blood. But they're critical thinkers. That's the key. If all you can do is regurgitate an IFSTA manual or regurgitate a state academy course, it's a good little start. Granted, that's not truck work. It's not engine work either. You're a minimum standards person. 
It's what can you do above and beyond that. I have a good friend right now. He's a young guy. Uh, I'm not. Try- I don't want to make him sound like he's not 18. He's, but he's young, younger. He's certainly younger than me. And the guy has the fire service in his blood. And I've said before, if I was a fire chief somewhere, I would snatch him up and make him my. I'd make him a chief. I would point blank. No questions asked. I put him in charge of uh, apparatus. I would. Um, he's young, but he understands. He has an intuitive understanding of how apparatus work. It's not something you can teach. It's something you can learn, but you're going to have to put time in. So anyway, there are people like that. But one of the things that I've also found is that people like that often aren't the ones who are teaching. They're not. That's, that's not a good thing. It isn't. We have to take people who are good at something and allow them to teach. Because they teach with tips. They teach, they teach with stories. You know, I had a guy ask me not too long ago. He's in a, a metro department near me. and Young guy. And he's like, hey, um... You know, why does, uh, when, we, when we put our aerial up, um, it starts slowing down right before it gets to the end. I'm like, okay. He's like, why is that happening? I said, well, that's that elevation slowdown. It's a safety thing. It'll start slowing down toward the end. It prevents you from, you know, taking a platform and, and making a hole inside of a building in which you did not want to make a hole. And he said, oh, he said, I wish they'd have told us about that. And I'm thinking to myself, that's the kind of stuff that somebody who's teaching will tell you. It is. It's deconstructing the complexity of a device and saying, you know what, how can I make this particular topic fit to my audience? What are guys going to be a little more, and when I say guys, I mean men and women, um, what are what are they going to remember? Typically, people will remember a little bit of a story more so than than straight garbage verbiage. You know, it's like, and when the truck comes to the full stop, thou shall release the you know, that kind of stuff. Um, whereas if you tell them, hey, before you pop or when you pop the brake. Get out, then start doing this. Or, or, you know, don't forget to put the truck in here and relate it to something. I'm not saying use full mnemonics, though that's also a possibility. But you got to be smart about what you're teaching. It's more important, in my opinion, for people to retain the information that has meat on it rather than the whole stock of the soup. You can drink a five-gallon you know, five gallons of beef stock. But I don't think you've really had beef, have you? No. You want to, the stock's important. It is. But the meat, if that's what you want, then you get to get into the meat and gnaw on it. And gnawing on it is through tips and things like that. I, I have some buddies, we go, we go to hockey together. And, uh, you know, I've noticed with every one of those guys, the guys that have some experience, uh, when we sit around and we're talking about fire stuff, it's always the meat we're talking about. It is. 
And it's because, you know, among people who've had some experience elsewhere, or, you know, even in your department, wherever it is, the meat is what matters. Because that's the teaching stuff. That's the stuff that can get you killed or allow you to save a life. So, just, just a little bit of a, uh, just a little bit of advice there. And again, um, I want to thank the person from from this uh, from this company who uh, spent a good fifty minutes on the phone with me, and uh, we've agreed to talk in the future. Um, you know, uh, they make great ladder trucks, and uh, I mean they're great make engines too, I'm sure. But I'm focused right now on ladder trucks, and uh, they do a great job. That's going to do it for today. We will be back uh, tomorrow with another edition. Until then, all of you stay safe.